0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Let's Talk Languages podcast, and I'm your host, Judy Um, and
1: I'm David Allen Martin II from Thor Fluency.
0: Today, we're going to talk about a systematic approach to listening. So over the Uh years, we've been teaching a lot of students different languages, and we've noticed that people or students don't have a systematic approach to listening. And this is the reason why we would like to talk to everyone today about how we conceptualize listening so that it becomes a rather simple process of learning.
1: Exactly. Yeah. We we'd also like to talk about how you can improve your listening comprehension of fast speech. We're going to get to that later on in the episode. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: we'd like to break down listening into different stages based on your particular level not level in the sense of the common European framework of references, but rather just where you are on your listening journey, let's call it that with Mm. your target language. So whether you're a beginner listener, an intermediate listener or an advanced listener. And I don't know about you, Judy, but I like to break that down in terms of the number of hours of listening that somebody has done. So Mm. the way I see it, if you're still within your first let's just say 50 hours of listening to your target language, then you're a relative beginner. Yeah. And then anything thereafter from 50 hours up to a few hundred can still be considered intermediate. And Mm -hmm. then once you get beyond a few hundred hours of listening, then you can start to get into advanced listening stages, just in terms of your experience, not necessarily the content. Yes. Yes.
0: I don't usually categorize uh, your level according to the hours of listening because mm-hmm. I think that even though you put a lot of input, it's still possible that you don't understand. And mm-hmm. even mm-hmm. after like, hundreds of hours of listening, you might not reach the advanced level. So I think it really mm-hmm. depends on the person, on the individual. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But it also very much depends on how you do listening. And that's exactly what we want to what get into today. Exactly. Yeah.
0: And the reason why we are going to talk about listening is because it is necessary that you have the right amount of input to be able to produce something. Mm -hmm. So what do you have to say about the importance of listening?
1: Well, what I find on average is that language learners do not do enough listening. Mm -hmm. If If they have time, if they make the time, you know, especially people with busy schedules, they make time for language learning. And then what they end up doing is either something that is text-based or something that is Mm game-based. So, you know, your average user of a, an app will, they might, there might be listening involved, but it's not, they're not listening to anything at length. They're not listening to a story or listening to a dialogue necessarily. Oftentimes people only end up doing very bite-sized listening where you're listening mm-hmm. to kind of one phrase at a time uh, or even one word at a time which is the worst thing uh, I mean it's better than yeah. not listening at all but uh, it's so important to listen to lengthier uh, it doesn't have to be lengthy but you know a basic dialogue or a basic story uh, is what I consider to be the, uh, the you know the fundament um, of proper listen true listening in the sense of being able to later watch a tv show or be able to watch a whole movie listen to the radio you know those are those are all things that you do at length and the beginning of that can only can kind of only be um uh listening to uh some type as i said some type of dialogue story uh whatever it happens to be but not just single sentences single words
0: Mm -hmm. i definitely agree because I think despite the importance of listening, and although people are aware of the importance of listening, they simply uh, don't do it enough because it's daunting. And they yeah. simply get lost in the discourse, not being able to understand, and they just find themselves lost in the middle of the content. So I think, yeah. yeah, people don't listen as much as they should be. So, yeah, we are going to share our methods as to how we systematically listen to different content. So let's start off with beginners and intermediates. So first of all what I recommend is what's called the unconscious or implicit learning via background listening. So basically what this method involves is you just play an audio like Netflix, radio, podcast or whatever in the background and you play it on like a song and then you through this process you can learn meta aspects like intonation and also people don't necessarily think that they'll be able to learn grammar through this method but you actually can because adults have the advantage of externalizing the rules and grammar unlike Mm -hmm. children so if you listen Mm -hmm. to enough uh, sentences. And if you have the right amount of input, you will get mm-hmm. to a level where you first spot patterns and then externalize mm-hmm. that role into mm-hmm. what we call grammar. I think this is the first and foremost step to listening. What do you think?
1: I absolutely agree with you. In fact, I used to tell a story very much or rather I used to call my students attention to the fact that they can do this uh, using a very specific example, um, uh, the, the song, We Will Rock You. Yeah. Uh, and I would, tell student, I would tell students about the power of listening and the fact mm-hmm. that you, if you listen to something, if you hear something enough times, then you just know it. You don't have to try to learn it. You just know it. So uh, th- I would always tell this on the first day of class when I mm-hmm. taught English at university. And I said, you know, you think you have to memorize grammar rules, but if I say we will, we will, the very first thing you think of is rock you. And anybody across the world will tell you exactly the same thing. And then I say, did you memorize the lyrics to, those, to that song? Did you actually look them up and then sit down and then write, you know, write the lyrics a million times uh, and learn it by rote? No, you just heard the song a bunch of times. And I said, well, how do you know it's rock and not rocking? Well, I don't know. I just heard it a bunch of times. Well, there you go. That's grammar. Exactly. So, but yeah. the listening, like you said, Judy, absolutely. Mm-hmm. The, the, the implicit learning via the re- repetitious listening is how that's internalized. And mm-hmm. then later, when either you yourself or somebody else calls your attention to the fact that mm-hmm. with will you use the infinitive, we will rock. Then you're like, oh, OK, so then if I can say we will rock, I can also say we will swim and we will go and any number of other things. Well, boom. Yeah now you understand the rule and you can apply it and it's and it feels natural because you've heard it so many times
0: yeah exactly and adult learners have so many advantages because they already have their native language so they do know a certain kind of grammar and then mm-hmm. um aside from their native language they might be able to speak another language which adds on to the set of grammar rules so Yeah, if you search and look up a bit of uh, grammar information, I think it would be relatively easy for adult learners to externalize that rule.
1: Yeah, the the only problem, of course, is when you don't understand anything, especially when you can't parse what you're listening to then so we talked about this in a in a former uh, episode of uh, of less languages podcast mm-hmm. that if you if you're not able you know the example that i gave was korean to your average western ear yeah. right if i can't even hear the sounds mm-hmm. if i can't even distinguish sounds that are you know phonemes of the language sounds that are important for being able to distinguish different words then it's going to be very difficult for me to internalize anything whereas your average ear, can, the, the word rock, for example, even though the rr sound does not exist in, it's actually relatively rare among world languages. Yeah. Um, you, I, you can, you know, your average speaker of your average language can still hear that word. Um, it's not completely foreign, mm-hmm. such that you can, uh, and because it's in the form, you know, uh, it's repeated, we will, we will rock you then. um but you know, I could listen to a Korean song a million times, but if I can't hear the sounds, then it's going to be very difficult for me to to remember any of that. Yes. Uh, and yeah, until I later on then go out of my way to learn the the lyrics. So then the question is, how do you do that? Mm-hmm. So what are the what are the steps involved? What steps do you usually take, uh, Judy, when you're first? Uh, so we just talked about unconscious background listening. Yeah. What if we want to consciously listen? What steps would you take?
0: When I consciously listen, I think yes. I would need the transcript to be able to really understand what I'm listening to. So first of all, I would just listen to it, as I mentioned, uh, in the unconscious implicit learning stage. And then after that stage, I would, first of all, try to understand as it is. And through dictation, I write down the things that I've understood and By comparing it to the transcript, I know which parts I've missed and which parts Mm -hmm. I don't fully understand. So Mm -hmm. during the process of correction, I can fill in the gaps. For example, the grammatical gap that I have or lexical Mm -hmm. um, mistakes that I've made. best method, I think... Would be to look at the transcript and see how it's actually written
1: that already sounds like relatively advanced listening though. how would you start out if you were just a complete beginner? let's just say in a new language uh, and you wanted to listen to a short dialogue or a short story you know maybe one minute a one minute dialogue or or or, or short story what is the very the very first thing uh, that you would obviously it depends on how the story is prepared, right? What resource yeah. you're using, what resources do you do specifically do you usually use to, to kind of get started in, in a completely new language?
0: To get started in a completely new language, I would, as I mentioned, I wouldn't try to figure out the meaning. I would just consume the okay. content without knowing. And I would just okay. try to mm-hmm. see what's happening through the images. Mm -hmm. And then after I get used to the sound and after I think I do understand what's going on through the images Mm -hmm. and the actions, then Mm -hmm. I would look at the translation, if there's any translation available. So I would say Mm -hmm. even for the languages that I am studying for the first time, I don't Mm -hmm. think my method would vary that much. Mm -hmm. Mm Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay, so you start, out, you start out with this kind of uh, unconscious uh, or implicit learning. You, you want to get used to the sound of the language first before you actually understand what you're, before you worry about trying to understand what you're listening to. Exactly.
0: Um,
1: yeah, yeah. Which, uh, which of course has, has its merits um, yeah. because you, you do pay much more attention to things like intonation, uh, yeah. especially, and the, the kind of the music of, of the language. Yeah. Um, when you, because as soon as you start trying to understand then you start, you start to go, you, you, you're going to a very low level of detail, uh, not low level of detail, you're going to a, a um, you're getting into low level details in mm-hmm. the sense that you're, you're already starting to uh, try to parse the language as opposed to listening to it, as you said, at a more meta level. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, as I said, I think that that definitely has its merits and mm-hmm. there are, there's a great deal that you can learn. Um, even when you don't understand anything. I personally don't have the patience. While I respect mm-hmm. your patience, <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't have the patience. I want to understand everything right away. Oh, okay. um, And that's why I developed uh, my translation cubed method, because yeah. I want to understand every sentence and every, every single word mm-hmm. um, right off the bat. That doesn't mean I'm going to learn it right away. It doesn't mean I'm actually going to be able to hear every word. In fact, you, you can't hear every word um and so but through the stages the listening stages the active listening stages that I came up with I learned to be able to parse what is at the beginning just noise right when you mm-hmm. first start listening to a new language uh or something that's very advanced in a language you're a beginner in it's just noise right it just mm-hmm. sounds like you know, Spanish, when I first started learning it, was just, that's all I heard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it felt like, right? Yeah. yeah. You have the same, the same experience?
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. It just sounds like machine gun,
0: mm-hmm. right?
1: Um, yeah. I remember the first, in Spain, the first time I walked into Carrefour, which is like a you know, super, uh, it's also, they also have it in China and...
0: Carrefour, yeah, French. <laughs> Carrefour,
1: yeah, exactly, French chain. Yeah, um, yeah. and I think it's Jalafu, Or something like that yeah anyway um you know i remember in Spain when the first time i walked in and they were advertising something and it was just like (laughs) and that's all i understood right (laughs) yeah Um, but by doing by by going through systematic steps which we'll get into in a second here Mm -hmm. um, you can turn something that is complete noise Mm -hmm. into something that you can actually parse and Mm -hmm. we should maybe tell people exactly what parsing means if you can parse something it means you can hear each part of it yeah um so parse coming from part and specifically what you want to train your ear to be able to do is hear words yeah so you should even if you don't understand every word you should be able to hear the words and like you said Judy, you do dictation right to to train yourself to parse Yeah, yeah yeah so do you write every word do you try to be like how often or for how long do you, because that's really, really taxing, isn't it? A lot, a lot of yeah, work. Yeah, yeah,
0: it is taxing. But I guess I would try to write down maybe like a paragraph. But so okay. I wouldn't try and write down every single thing, but I would, Okay. yeah, just uh, select a part of the content and then try to mm-hmm. do dictation. Because okay. yeah, as you said, it's very time consuming and it can be taxing. I just think, yeah. I just do it with the part that I think is most important and do mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's, it's, it's it's very, very, I mean, I have used it myself very successfully. And in fact, I used to use it a lot when I first started studying Chinese, um, specifically I wanted to train my ability to write using pinyin, write words that I didn't know. So. You know, you, you know that you don't know the word, but you could still write it down. Yeah. Why? Because that way you can look it up in the dictionary. Yeah. And then the next time, so when I first moved to Beijing and I, I was had Chinese class every day and, you know, certain teachers have their own idiolect, so they mm-hmm. use specific words in their own speech every day. And then also you just have like classroom language, right? Typical things like notebook or whatever else Mm -hmm. that you didn't necessarily learn before you went to China. So, you know, you hear a word enough times and you're like, okay, I need to learn this word because I don't, I know I don't understand it, but the teacher Mm -hmm. keeps saying it. So, but you got to learn, you got to look it up, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Because she keeps saying it. I don't want to interrupt her. So, okay, how do I think that this is spelled? Try to write it down and then try to look it up. right and if you get good at that you get good at parsing out words that you Mm -hmm. don't know then you can very easily look them up and then eventually the words that you don't know obviously become less and less they reduce in number Mm -hmm. right worst case scenario you walk up to your teacher and you're like you keep saying something that sounds like this what is this word right (laughs) Uh, i've had students do that i had students uh, who recorded a part of an episode of some tv show they watched in english they're like I listened to this a million times and I still don't know what this person is saying could you please tell me what it is and and they're like I I can't I can't hear it so I can't spell it um I tried but I didn't you know so having this ability I think is quite important yeah yeah yeah, kind of transcriptive the ability to transcribe your your target language right
0: yeah I think yeah. that pretty much shows your general understanding of the language. So if you can write it down, I think you understand things. Although some of the vocabs you might not be aware of,
1: it definitely sh- it definitely demonstrates a uh, a basic familiarity uh, mm-hmm. with the. If you can parse out anything, <laughs> yeah, then then you're not a complete beginner. Yeah, that's that's quite true. Yeah. Okay. So so then, how do we um, how do we actually approach? the uh, going from noise, so our systematic approach to going from noise to actually parsing words, so hearing words, not necessarily understanding everything, but understanding most of what you're hearing and being able to parse most of the words.
0: Mm -hmm. So after parsing words and understanding the meanings, we would go on to what's called active listening is basically a listening activity where you try to understand what's being said. So you have to understand what it means and how would you figure out the meaning while listening actively?
1: Well, I specifically developed my own method, which which now I have been sharing with my, my students and, and, uh, and, well, the general public. Um, I have a very systematic approach to listening. Uh, and over the years, I have talked about it in different ways. Listening in waves, listening from different angles. Um, but listening in waves is a nice way to think about it. It's really each time that you listen to the particular piece of content in your target language, you listen uh, to it from a different angle. And the, the, the way that I approach it is each, each wave or each step is less general and more specific. So it's a top-down approach to improving your ability to actively listen to listen. And the, the very uh, kind of top tier of the approach is um, global comprehension, what I call global mm-hmm. comprehension. The only way to comprehend something is with the translation. Mm-hmm. There, well, there are two ways to comprehend anything. One is via translation, and the other is via context and image, right? Mm-hmm. Children learn to understand their native language by context and image and, mm-hmm. and visuals. So they have the context of the situation in which the language is used, And they have the visuals, not just the objects, but also the people and uh, uh, as well as uh, the 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 pointing and uh, facial expression and all of the other things that, you know, that people that that go into a context a particular conversational or uh, communicative language context. Right. Mm -hmm. But as adults, we already have all these concepts in our minds. We already understand the world around us we already have all this vocabulary in our heads, we just need to learn what it's called in the, in the target language, in the foreign language. Mm-hmm. So translation is the fastest way. So mm-hmm. for me, global comprehension, the fastest way is to just take your, the text of the content that you want to listen to, chuck it into a, a, a machine translator, you know, you're a machine translator of, uh, of choice. Uh, I prefer for most languages, or at least for the languages available for it, I prefer deep DeepL, um, and then just read the translation Mm -hmm. Don't even listen to the content. Um, I just read the translation real quick to get an idea, a general idea Mm -hmm. of the general meaning, the gist of what I'm going to be listening to. That's Mm -hmm. my first step.
0: So your method of comprehension would be through translation? Yes. And I do agree that translation and translation-related exercises do help people comprehend better. And when I listen to something and when I try to actively understand, what I do is I try to, first of all, comprehend the content, whether I translate or whether I just listen to the target language. What I do is I try to grasp the main points and the arguments. Mm -hmm. This would specifically be pertinent to advanced learners because this Mm -hmm. would be most likely be used in debate or discussion settings. I would try to listen to it and try to orally summarize what's being said and Mm -hmm. also write out a summary if I have time. Mm -hmm. Basically, trying to analyze the logic behind each discourse, arguments, and that would be my listening related exercise. But I think this is. A very, very high level yeah,
1: kind of yeah.
0: comprehension activity because you know I come from an interpreting background and in my um, program, in my master's program, yeah. I yeah. learned to do active listening because even though, even if I listen to my native language, I don't understand everything. If I listen to very uh, sophisticated discourse, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. what interpreters do is when they take notes, and I think this can be used to second language mm-hmm. learners. I do think that interpreter training does have some benefits and it could be applied to uh, language learners.
1: Mm-hmm. What we
0: try to do is while we listen to something, while we consume content, while we listen to a speech, we try to understand the logic behind it. So what we do is we mm-hmm. try to predict the main point. Mm-hmm. So we understand the main point And then while we listen, we try to predict what's going to be said and make connection to the previous idea or the sentence. This would mean that I would analyze the meaning while listening. So if it were, for example, a debate, I would try to take side and I would try to really empathize with the person mm-hmm. who's making the point and talk to myself. Mm-hmm. Right. Right, or that doesn't make sense. That's not it. Oh, that's so cool. You know, those Mm -hmm. kinds of talk to Mm -hmm. myself kind of thing, so that I really Mm. dive into that discourse. This is actually too um, high level kind of comprehension, even (laughs) for (laughs) native speakers. But yeah, I think this active listening method can apply to some language learners as well.
1: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So for, yeah, for, for advanced learners, then yeah. you definitely are going to use any number of different um, logical approaches yeah. uh, to cognitive approaches to, to listening um, with the intention, generally with the intention of taking part in some type of discussion thereafter so that you can come up with uh, targeted, cogent um, uh, viewpoints and, uh, and, sh- and kind of share your thoughts with others. Um, yeah, but that's already at a very, very, at a very, very high level, um, yeah. where you're, you're, you know, you're already doing a great job of understanding, uh, yeah. the language. I, I think that, right, right. um, a, a large majority of people struggle on, at all to improve in terms of their listening comprehension. Um, so let's, let's, let's kind of dive back down again, um, mm-hmm. uh, and take a look at Maybe then the next step after basically understanding what it is that you are, uh, w- what it is that you are listening to. Um, so you, know, yeah. after having understood what you are listening to, uh, one of the things or rather actually, ha- after having gotten an idea of what it is you're going to be listening to, which obviously, like I said, I do by translation, um, there, there always needs to be something that you measure, right? Um, and if, you, if you're not measuring anything, then you can't actually say whether you've improved or not. Um, so for me, I like to have two steps, one towards the beginning of my listening session and one towards the end uh, where I'm only listening to the target language without any reference to any kind of materials. Uh, the, the reason being that the first time I listen, I'm, getting, I'm self-assessing. I'm getting an idea. How much do I understand right now? And at the end, I do another self-assessment. How much more do I understand than the first time? I essentially tested myself. I tested my comprehension of this material, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and clearly, this is something that you can only do when you have some recording that you can you know listen to on repeat. Uh, you know, with the um, with uh with some type of live environment unfortunately it's not possible to 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 uh, engage in these two steps um but for you know for beginners um because repetition is so important uh it it is preferable and recommendable that they use something that they can listen to multiple times in order to be able to listen yeah from from different directions from different angles in different waves whatever you want to call it um uh, so a multi step listening process where there's a there's a before and after um and some way to measure your your results mm-hmm. um, yeah, and then somewhere in between uh there needs to be a stage where you know you're no longer only trying to understand the general idea um uh, but rather you're really trying to get into the nitty gritty details yeah of what you're listening to um and the kind of salient vocabulary words. Um, especially the ones that you're most interested in l- using actively later on in, in speech, right?
0: Mm-hmm. And do you think it's also necessary to jot down the vocabs that you don't know while you're listening and then try to memorize them?
1: Um, beca- because I, I utilize an uh, a an approach to speaking that requires you to completely reproduce exactly what the native speaker said. Mm -hmm. I never write down individual vocabulary words because every word is a vocabulary word for for me in the sense that um, the sentence is a vocabulary item uh, in the system that I use. So While there are words that I, um, that I know that they are not a part of my active, they don't belong to my active vocabulary. Mm -hmm. Um, and I will, I will, those are the words that I have the most difficulty remembering when I remember, when I try to remember sentences, Mm -hmm. um, the, for me, the kind of golden, my goal is always to reproduce the entire sentence. Uh, within which the new vocabulary item or items, so the new vocabulary word or phrase, is is uh, contained. Mm-hmm. Um, so I take an entirely different pro- approach to uh, than most people do. Mm-hmm. My approach is more scripted, whereas most yeah. people's approach is more is more generative. Mm-hmm. Um, they try to reproduce the language creatively, which you can do at more advanced levels. Yeah. Um, once you can kind of speak and you have a good knowledge of the grammar and you know plenty of words, but for beginners, you know, in my opinion, um, and, you know, people are, are more than welcome to disagree with me, but in my opinion, you should mostly be doing more scripted activities and less creative activities, less generative activities.
0: Okay. So you're saying that more generative listening can come in afterwards. When... Generative speaking. Yeah. Speaking. Yeah. Oh, okay. Generative yeah.
1: speaking yeah uh yeah but at the at the you know at the at the beginning you have to follow these 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 steps in order to be able to you know learn to understand what it is that you're what it is that you're listening to um so you need to as you said you know you need to have some kind of context or image or translation there needs to or um there needs to be something that is taking you from a stage of dependence So not understanding to a stage of independence where you do understand. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I think for this reason, I would recommend people to uh, watch content that they've already watched in their native languages. So for example, Mm. Harry Potter, right? Mm -hmm. Reading Harry Potter makes so much sense because I know it in my language. I've read it multiple (laughs) times. So things that you know, it's okay Mm -hmm. to read it in your target language because you know the content and it's going to be very easy Mm -hmm. to understand.
1: Yeah. 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 Yeah, I'm 100% especially specifically with reference to that content. 100%. Uh, I'm currently doing that with Norwegian and Polish. Uh, yeah. And you know, uh, Harry Potter, the first Harry Potter book. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I have the audio book in, in, in both and I'm listening to it every day. Sometimes I'll read along with a bilingual uh, version of the text that I create. Mm -hmm. I create bilingual versions of all the texts that I listen to. So I, you know, I created a a Polish English version and I created a Norwegian English version so that I can sentence by sentence. So I, I see the, you know, I see Polish English, Polish English, Polish English, line by line, and the same thing with Norwegian. Sometimes I'll do that, but sometimes I don't feel like it. But I know the story, like you said, I know the story so well and I've already read it in like 10 languages that yeah. I don't actually need the text. I know what they're saying. Yeah. But when, but when I really want to parse the words out, sometimes I just need to have that text. Yeah. Um, so then I'll go and I'll, I'll refer to the text to see individual words like, um, you know, um, I don't know, uh, a word that I learned yesterday, I think is chelnost, which is like um, audacity. Mm-hmm. Or something. Right? I knew oh. that he said. I knew that he was saying that. Like, how audacious! Yeah. Que, que ba- yeah. I, in Spanish, he says "qué valor," "qué oh. valor," and I oh, know. Okay. I remember that from listening to it so many times.
0: Oh.
1: Right, but uh, okay. but I'm like, hmm, how do you spell this? Because Polish yeah. spelling is notoriously difficult. Yeah. So yeah, I agree with you there definitely.
0: Yeah, I think it's highly motivating if you begin to feel like you're starting to understand the yeah. story. So yeah. It's always Definitely. a good idea to use the content that you've already consumed in your native language.
1: Let's just, uh, let's just talk about passive listening real quick. Oh, yeah. So yeah, once you've done active listening, following the steps, whatever your steps are, mm-hmm. um, you know, whatever your preference is, then passive listening involves listening to something in the background while you're doing other things that you've already attuned your brain to you've mm-hmm. already primed your brain with all of the, with translations or images or whatever else, so that via repetition thereafter, via auditory repetition, so listening repeatedly, um, you actually start to just internalize um, and eventually be able to then externalize what you've heard enough times in the form of, of speech, right? Yeah,
0: you would be consuming comprehensible input and you would be playing it in the background. So yeah. that would be one method of creating an immersion environment where you mm-hmm. change your surroundings into your target language using various mediums like Netflix, radio, podcast, news to train your ears.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I, I think it's great that you mentioned immersion, Judy, because, you know, people usually think about immersion as just being exposed to the language. But, you know, you can't just expose yourself, especially if you're a beginner, you can't just expose yourself to a bunch of language you don't understand all the time although there is some learning, it will be minimal. It will mostly be meta-learning, as you yeah. said uh, at the beginning. Mm-hmm. So there has to be some stage where you co- go from not understanding to understanding, and then you can engage in, um, it's, a pass- it's then passive, because it's just around you, but there's a certain um, pre-activity involved, yeah. uh, because you've learned to understand it, and now you're immersed in something that you understand, and there's a big, yes. big difference. Yeah. Yes.
0: Let's know, then move on to how to understand fast speech.
1: So uh-huh.
0: one of the reasons why people fear listening is because of its speed, right? Because people, native speakers yeah. speak too fast. And how do you mm-hmm. go about understanding them?
1: Biggest one of the biggest mm-hmm. problems is the content itself, right? So, you know, mm-hmm. if people only ever listen to books, uh, can you know, canned learner content, it's obviously going to be difficult, right? I mean, I'm sure you've had this experience lots of times. Yeah. You learn something from a book, from some course book. Yeah. But then you go, you hit the streets, so to speak, and mm-hmm. people don't talk that way. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So it's it's finding finding authentic content in the first place Yeah. is incredibly important. Yeah. So like, where do you usually go to look for authentic content, Judy?
0: I would just watch YouTube videos or yeah. Netflix. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah, I I especially like YouTube because you have access to the transcripts
0: Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, and I I like uh, channels where they're actually teaching you something, especially there's a lot of great channels where they do like book summaries, they summarize the most salient points of different books and then but it's content made by native speakers for native speakers so the way that they talk is made for a native speaker audience so it's much more authentic. Yeah. Um, but because you have the transcript, you have to obviously find episodes with subtitles or rather videos with subtitles. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So then once we do that, so whether it's Netflix, like you said, Judy, or whether it's a YouTube video, mm-hmm. um, how do we, how do we approach uh, actually learning to parse and understand fast speech? So let's just say in a YouTube video, somebody is a native speaker speaking to native speakers and they're presenting, let's just say it's a, a book summary, right, um, and they're speaking at 100% speed, it's really, really hard to understand what they're saying. How would we approach learning to understand, coming to understand what, what it is that they're saying?
0: Yeah, I think as we mentioned several times, using the text for the transcript mm-hmm. would really mm-hmm. help in the process it would be possible for you to listen to the content and read the transcript at the same time.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: So, and if the speed is too fast, I think you could make the speed a bit slower if it's possible.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then mm-hmm. just try and make sure that you understand every single word of that mm-hmm. content, even yeah. if it involves slowing down the speed.
1: hmm yeah. So, it, yeah. If necessary, um, pausing the video and looking up individual words, uh, or look up the words before you do before you listen. Um, but the the important thing is, is, is yeah, is slowing it down. Um, absolutely. And sometimes I will slow down, especially if it's a very uh, if I'm a relative beginner, or if it's a very um, a language that's very foreign to me. I will slow it down to 50%, not any less than 50% because then it becomes absurdly slow mm-hmm. um, to where you can't even hear words anymore because every syllable sounds like a word. Yeah. Um, I think 50% is like the lower limit.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then um, learn to understand most everything at that speed and then gradually, and I think this is the thing that people don't do, the next step, gradually speed it up. Yeah. So then increase, if you can, um, increase to 60% then 70% then 80% then 90% and then
0: 100% you need to and play then, back yeah. at the original yeah. speed and yeah. yeah that's when you actually understand fast yeah. speech so
1: yeah yeah, yeah. And, and 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 you'll find that it no longer so fast speech is a relative term
0: because yeah. once
1: you've gone through these steps it no longer sounds fast to you it just sounds that's like true. normal like normal speech yeah yeah
0: I mean, if you understand the meaning, I think it no longer becomes fast.
1: Precisely. Then I take a, a next step thereafter. Um, I will actually increase something to 120%, 140%, sometimes even 200%. Um, especially if it's learner, if it's learner content, which is already spoken more carefully and more more slowly, I will actually speed it up to 150 to 200% speed so that it, at least in terms of its speed, it approaches something more like normal speech. Wow, Uh, I've actually
0: never thought of that because I could never imagine myself speeding it up to like 150%. I would just be happy with myself that I've understood.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but I I find that that doing that exercise really helps you to understand native speakers.
0: Yeah.
1: Not being content with just enough yeah. you know never be content with just enough yeah. always try to take it to the next level because that will really really improve your ability to uh, understand and parse words at yeah. speed when native speakers are talking to each other
0: and i think maybe at this level practicing with a native speaker so one-on-one might not be yeah. a good idea because they will speak slowly for you
1: Yeah. yeah yeah that's a great point yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, you so have you have to, to be able yeah. to control your own environment.
0: Yeah, you have to be immersed in that environment.
1: Yeah, but it's, it's, uh, it is definitely something that you, you know, that you have to be able to work on on your own. And in order to be able to work on it on your own, you need to yeah. have steps. You need to have some type of systematicity, some kind of system.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, and you have to have some kind of goal in mind. Yeah. So at the end of the day, you know, the the goal, the basic goal that I give my students is you should try to understand one, at least one more minute. It doesn't sound like much, but it is one more minute by the end of the day than you could at the beginning of the day. So if you have a 10 minute video, just try to understand the first minute, the first day, try to understand the first two minutes, the second day, the first three minutes, the third day. Right. So especially when you when you split it up like that, you naturally uh, because you're watching what you learned to understand yesterday before you learn something today, you're are, you're getting natural repetition um, of the new vocabulary items. So that by the end of, let's or let's call it a seven-minute video. So by the end of the week, you understand all seven minutes. Mm-hmm. But by the end of the week, you've also repeated the first minute seven times. Yeah. Right?
0: Yeah. And you
1: really will know, uh, you will really, really know, like at the back of your hand, that that content by that time. And yeah. then you can absolutely speed the video up. Um, so that's one of the methods that I will, that I go through that I recommend to my, to my students in terms of having, you know, have a basic goal. Um, and one of the easiest ways to measure listening is just time in terms of minutes.
0: Yeah. And I think it's also important that you repeat the same content over and over until you really understand before you move on to another content. Mm
1: -hmm. So do it,
0: repeat it until you kind of memorize it and it becomes automatic for you. Yeah.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I usually follow at 80 20 uh, in the sense that I, I try to, as long as I, I know 80%, then I'm usually um, content and I'll move on to something else. However, I still come back and listen to the old content. So I, I, I try to build up what I call a personal listening comprehension library, where oh. I have a whole library of things that I know that I understand 80% or more of.
0: And oh. I do that from the
1: very beginning when I first start learning a new language. And not only is it is it motivational because you can see that library grow and you can see it. Now I understand 10 minutes. Now I understand 20 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour. Um, But you can also just put it on repeat in the background and do passive listening while you're doing other things. And you know that every every single thing on that playlist is something that you've already actively learned. Mm -hmm. And now you're just internalizing it via repetition in the long term. Oh, okay. That's exactly how I approached learning Chinese and my listening comprehension was far and above that of other people in my study program um, who only ever listened to the CDs from the book. And, yeah. you, know, you know, so but
0: for Chinese, what kind of content would you consume? Would it podcasts. also be YouTube?
1: Oh, yeah. yeah a lot po- podcasts. Oh, I, podcasts. I learned Chinese almost entirely with podcasts when I first started learning. Oh. Uh, Chinese Pod One Hundred One, Chinese Pod. Uh, there's so many different uh, podcasts for Chinese learning. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also how I learned Italian with uh, Italiano Automatico. Mm-hmm. And then there's um, there's uh, these days now there's so many podcasts for for language learning. But you need you have to have the transcripts because you have to learn to be able to understand a language before you can just listen to it in the background.
0: So today we flipped at how to systematically approach listening. And in the next episode, we will talk about how to systematically approach speaking and how to express ourselves. Uh, Thank you very much for tuning in to today's episode, and we will come back with another interesting episode.
1: Thanks so much, everyone. Take care. See you next time.